Hello, comrades. My name is Naomi, and welcome to Writing Rants. That's W R A N T S, small w, big R, home of all things creative writing. If you joined us last week for our analysis of the Tales of Despero book to film adaptation, welcome back. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you for joining us. In this week's episode, we will be discussing the rules of insta-romance. Now before you sigh, roll your eyes, and tell me that you can't expect writers to be creative while following rules, just hear me out. The rules are simple. One, create genuine chemistry between your characters, and two, make the romance believable. Now I can almost hear you say, come on Naomi, those rules are pretty obvious, don't you think? Yes. Yes they are. But these basic rules are often overlooked by the writer's zeal to show the reader scenes of intimacy. As the name insta-romance suggests, the romance in these works is often quick, sudden, and spur of the moment. However, that doesn't mean that you as the writer can neglect creating a connection between your characters. In the quote-unquote real world, people are drawn to each other for specific reasons, whether these reasons are superficial, like physical attributes, or specific, like the way that a person pronounces certain words, or really emotionally attached, like the way that a love interest can make you feel unquestionably understood. It doesn't matter. It's still a reason. And it doesn't matter how long or how short your character's interactions are. You need to make sure that your insta-romance doesn't feel forced. Now, there are a variety of different ways to go about the task of following these rules. Um, The first is through using dialogue. This can be approached a few different ways in and of itself. One of the easiest ways to accomplish quick connection through dialogue is with a little flirtation. Take, for example, this quote from Finale Hush Hush by Becca Fitzpatrick. All I can think about is bed. We're sharing the same thought. You're thinking about bed too? I'm thinking about you in my bed. Another example of effective flirtatious dialogue is from Elena Andrews on the edge. Give me a few minutes. You have time. He sat in the grass. Are you just going to sit there and watch me? Yes. Watching pretty peasant girls is what we poor little rich boys do best. Peasant? He shrugged. You started the name calling. Now, neither of these examples scream romance, but in a few short lines, we get the feeling that any love soon to come or not, would be natural between these characters, which is the predominant goal here. Another way to use dialogue to make a connection feel genuine is by having one of your characters admit or confess to something. This actually leaves a great deal of room for you to construct a connection between characters. Now the confession could be the alcohol talking, or it could be an expression of trust, though that will require some more work on your end to explain why that trust exists. Now, these reasons don't necessarily need to be logical, but you need to have them. Sometimes how the other character responds to this confession can also help you create an instant bond. Maybe the other character has a similar confession, or he and she doesn't judge, or uh, maybe the other character cracks a joke to break the tension. We can see the style of dialogue used to build a bond in Nautical Miles by N.L. Lafoy. For context, Rachel is being held hostage by pirates. The first mate, Graham, tried to help her escape, but Rachel allowed herself to get caught. And then we have the ensuing dialogue. 
Because of the recent coronavirus outbreak, I'm actually not able to have my copy of Nautical Miles on hand. So the recording that you're about to hear is one I made a few months ago, which is why it's going to sound a little bit jinky, but stick with me, or skip. Graham, she exclaimed. Good evening, he said calmly, keeping his eyes cast downward. He had a lamp sitting atop the barrel in front of him, and it lit up his profile. Rachel laughed a little at her vehement exclamation and stepped back. I thought Cat might have decided to toss you overboard after all. Graham laughed in response. Rachel took another step back and hoisted herself up onto the railing, feeling content as her heartbeat returned to normal. She closed her eyes for a moment. Now that she was sure he was all right, it felt as if all the weight had been lifted off her. She could enjoy the peace of the stars and the breeze. The waves lapped gently at the hull, rocking her. She opened her eyes again, thankful for the small reprieve. No, nothing quite so harsh, he replied softly. You've received a punishment, then. Rachel looked over at him. He had stretched his legs out and set his heels on the barrel in front of him. He glanced at her, a small bitter smile turning up the corner of his mouth. I'm not to speak with you. So he knows. Graham nodded. Is that your only punishment, then? Rachel asked, hardly believing he could have gotten off so easy. Would you like him to toss me overboard? He asked, and though he had his face turned downward again, Rachel heard the smile in his voice. No, I just would have thought pirates would be a bit harsher. They lapsed into silence for a moment, but Graham felt compelled to speak. She had seemed so happy to see him. He was just now regaining his senses. And to see her now, her long legs stretched out on the railing, looking so comfortable and at ease, seemed wrong. He shouldn't be here, sharing this moment with her. He should be hiding down amongst the barrels, a silent sentinel. He had no right to intrude in her life like this. None of them did, but it seemed Cap didn't care about that. I came on the ship when I was nine, Graham said, and saw her look at him out of the corner of his eye. He didn't think about what he was saying, only hoped to help her in some way, ease her mind. My mother had died in England, and my father was taking me to America. We have relatives there. He got sick on the ship, though, just a few days in. He died the day before Cap attacked our ship. I hid until they had looted all they wanted. Then they sunk the ship. Most of the passengers escaped on rowboats, but I fell into the water. I had grabbed onto a piece of driftwood and would have drowned, but Cap pulled me up. Rachel was silent. What could be said after that? I'm sorry? So she said nothing. She simply absorbed his words and shared the night with him. But soon she grew tired and her head kept bobbing to the side. Graham's soft laugh roused her. Go to bed before you fall in. She nodded sleepily and complied, whispering a soft good night as she passed him. While Nautical Miles is not technically an insta-romance, Lafoy does capture the essence of creating and showcasing a swift attachment between characters. A second way to create genuine, believable insta-romance is by having one of your characters make some sort of a kind gesture. This could be as simple as offering to pay for a drink or a meal, or as complex as offering the other person a job. Now, this moment can't stand alone. You'll still have to incorporate a little reasoning behind your character's interest, and again, a character's interests can stem from a variety of things. 
One of my favorite examples of this tactic, however, is from I Said Yes by Kirsten Magdalen. And apologies, I know I mispronounced your last name. Um, but for a bit of context, Hannah and Mark met at a bar. Mark offered to take her to the best burger joint in Atlanta. Right before this dialogue, Hannah admitted to being hesitant about eating junk food because she once struggled with her weight. Mark then exchanged their burgers for salads. This portion is in Hannah's point of view. You didn't have to do that, I said, worried he was angry. I'm an alcoholic, Hannah, he said matter-of-factly. An alcoholic who works in a bar. If anyone understands temptation, it's me. So you're going to have to be gentle with my addiction. He paused. And I'll be gentle with yours. With that, he dug into a salad without another word. It was the simplest gesture and yet bigger than a dozen roses. In that small moment, I'm pretty sure the first piece of my heart began to fall for him. In the next chapter, Magdalene makes a point to note that Mark and Hannah's relationship moved quickly. You can see from this excerpt that it is entirely possible to create a plausible and realistic instant attraction. Now, if your insta-romance is the result of a casual hookup, First, I say kudos to you for endeavoring to represent an aspect of human intimacy that many writers shy away from. Second, even a one-night stand scenario must manufacture some level of interest between the two characters. If you don't prefer to do this through the tactics that I mentioned so far, because you want to explore the baser side of human nature, you'll most likely focus on physical descriptions. This is perfectly fine, but you are not exempt from giving your reader some explanation for your character's attraction to one another. For example, having your character say that he or she likes boob and is not sufficient. Not to be crude, but why does your character like that particular set of boobs and Maybe that character reminds your protagonist of an ex. Maybe that character likes particular curves or a certain hair color or eye color. Maybe money turns your character on. What do they see in the other that makes him or her believe that the other is someone they'd like to sleep with? A really good example of this was written in a writing workshop. This particular participant wrote a scene where her protagonist sensed a subtle sensuality in the way that his love interest danced. Moral of the story, and I'm sure you are now tired of hearing it, give your character's interest some nuance. The word count actually plans to set up a writing workshop in the next few months dedicated to this theme. We've yet to select a specific date, but if you would like to be kept abreast of our future events, classes, contests, sales, etc., you can always join our quarterly newsletter. Quarterly, as in we only send out emails every three months, unless we are updating our subscribers about events and times, schedules, and things of that nature. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit that subscribe button, like, follow, and share on social media. Our links are in the comments. I want to give a special thanks to NL Lafoy and Kirsten Magdalene, oh, as well as Forex trader Mr. Kemp for making this episode possible. You can follow them on social media as well. Please check the description for their links. If you have a specific genre or writing struggle that you'd like the word count to address in our future podcast episodes or blogs, please let us know in the comments, via social media, or through the contact form on our website. We can't promise to make use of all of your suggestions, but we will keep them in mind for the future. That's all we have for today. Until next week, comrades.